Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast. It's Kirsty and Isaac here. This podcast was developed by and for Amazon sellers to highlight the very best strategies on how to grow your Amazon business and to get valuable insight from sellers to illustrate the ups and downs of selling on this incredible platform. Yeah. Hi, guys. It's Kirsty here. And in this episode, we're going to be speaking with a friend and also a member of ours who is an Amazon seller, of course, himself, Corey Smith. How are you doing, Corey? Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Awesome. So obviously we're going to get into, you know, a little bit about your journey and um, the awesome business, you know, that you've created working on Amazon. Uh, but I'd love, and you know, this is something that we do with everybody that, that comes on here, is to understand a little bit more about your journey and how you actually even started selling on Amazon in the first place, you know. So uh, right back to, you know, when you grew up, we want to hear your story, Corey. <laughs> Oh, that sure. rhymes. I like that. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so my story, you know, I grew up in northern New York and, and just normal circumstances, had a you know, great family and all that stuff and ended up finding what I thought was my uh, my passion in, in my career with physical therapy. So I went to school for, for seven years and got my doctorate and really um, thought that was going to be the path for me. And the truth is, I really enjoyed, enjoyed that line of work and it was fulfilling and all that stuff, but the bottom line, when I looked at the life that I wanted, um, it just couldn't give it to me. You know, I still had to go to the clinic every day and, you know, the, the salary was capped, you know, there was no, um, just couldn't provide all those flexibility and the benefits of, of owning your own business. First step in me just opening my mind to wanting more and, and believing that I could have more than that, uh, was through direct sales. So I, I got involved with an MLM and, um, started drinking that Kool-Aid, I guess, and learning more about uh, what that is all about. And a lot of that's just the rah-rah stuff and getting around yeah. the community of people that um, want you to believe you can have everything you want. And um, I mean, I was reading Zig Ziglar and all those, all those really positive, motivating guys. And honestly, that's, uh, I'm so grateful for that opportunity and that experience uh, as uncomfortable as it was. And I'm also so glad I'm not doing that anymore because it is uncomfortable, but um, it did. It put me on the journey of, of thinking that I should go after something more than just a, a nine to five and you know, all that stuff. So yeah, I, I have a good friend that lives in Austin, Texas, and he's an entrepreneur. And uh, we had met one um, Christmas break. He was, he was back home in Northern New York. And uh, I was all excited to tell him about this MLM that I was involved in and how I was you know, making thousand dollars a month. And I was about to change my life and yada, yada. And he, uh, he was super polite about it. He's like, I think, I think there's probably a better road for you you're talented, you have the skills. I think we just get you on, uh, the right path. Like I think you can have much more than that. So I was like, Oh, cool. Like tell me what you're thinking. Or like, send me what you, what you have. And he was, uh, he was connected with Ryan Moran. He, he was friends with him. And at the time Ryan had, the um, I don't remember what it's called freedom fast lane podcast mm -hmm. or something. And so this was four, four or five years ago, probably now. And, um, he had, he also spoke on one of the, um, ASM platforms, the zero to a million in a year or something like that. So I watched that video and I was like, Oh, there's, there's something here with Amazon and, um, private labeling and, and that whole thing. So I devoured all Ryan's content and, and, uh, stayed in touch with my buddy and just said, okay, I think I want to try something. And, uh, being in physical therapy, like I was like, Oh, I, 
you know, cell phone roller or something like that. And just thought it would be that, but, you know, I just couldn't make sense of the numbers and uh, ended up settling in the pet space. Found a good opportunity there that I liked. And yeah, four, four and a half years ago, yeah, four and a half years ago, we launched our first product and uh, lucky, I don't know what you want to call it. It it did well. And um, it was supposed to just be a product to help you supplement some income and, my goal at that time was $4,000 a month to potentially let my wife quit her job and um, be have flexibility. We're talking about having a family and that was the goal. Just we need to supplement her income and we can, we can make this happen. And uh, that happened very quickly and easily by all, all stretches of, uh, I guess, standards there. And uh, I was like, Oh, cool, let's do this. And, you know, customers were essentially asking us to create a brand. And I didn't know what a brand was. Like I didn't know how to do that. They're like, Oh, we got this great product. Like, can we have other accessories? And, you know, it just naturally kind of morphed into what it was. And, um, I know some of the stuff you guys, examples you guys have said in some other podcasts and stuff is, you know, people pick their brand name or their logo based on the product that they, they sell. And I totally did that. Like my, my logo, like was the product, you know, <laughs> I was like, but then as like the brand started to unfold, I'm like, this isn't going to work. You know, I need to, <laughs> I need to fix this and, and come up with a bigger vision and, um, it's still not easy. Like I, I remember reading a couple brand books and trying to understand how to make this come to life and just wasn't confident in what I came up with. So I ended up outsourcing it and worked with a, a firm in Buffalo, New York, and they helped me kind of dial in what I, what I loved as the, the new brand that we came up with. And, uh, I think that was probably eight to 12 months before I started working with you guys. And then just the brand completely came to life after, um, you know, really dialing on our, on our audience and who our target market was and uh, being able to speak to the, our customer directly by knowing the brand and, and kind of living the brand. So, awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like you, and did you do any training? I mean, you listened to some podcasts and stuff like that, but did you do any courses or you just kind of did it on your own? You've kind of worked it out. Yeah, I never did any courses. No, I, um, I mean, I was always aware of ASM and, and all that. And, uh, yeah, never, never did that. I, um, really the first, I guess, real workshop was, was with you guys. And, um, All right. you know, I, I, I did most of it with free content with podcasts. So Ryan Rand was big and Scott Volker when his podcast, I think is it's probably still as big, but, um, I was, you know, both of those, I was just listening to every day and trying to understand all the ins and outs of Amazon and, you know, freight forwarding and shipping, like so many like little details at the time was really, really confusing. And now it's kind of second nature to all of us. <laughs> yeah. But, but I actually wanted to kind of pick up on something because, you know, when we first start getting into this business, people think it is an MLM. And you mentioned you were doing an MLM first. Um, and I've actually, you know, I've, I've known t- tons of people have done MLMs, which is multi-level marketing, like Avon, all that kind of stuff, right? So explain, can you explain the difference between obviously what Amazon is and what an MLM is? So that way anybody who's tuning in for the first time and they hear that word, they're like, oh, Amazon is an MLM, right? Like, no, it's so can you, yeah. I know you could probably explain. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. sure. And what um, was the uncomfortable things? Cause you said it was uncomfortable. So I, I know, I know from experience what the uncomfortable parts of an MLM is. Yeah. I'd just like to hear it from your perspective as well. Uh, totally. So I guess the, the main difference, Amazon is, is definitely not an MLM. MLM is like you are, you're reaching out to your, your warm market, your friends and family and your acquaintances and trying to sell them a product that, um, essentially you don't even own the product of the business. Like someone else owns it and you're, you're selling their product for you. You just get a hefty commission 
And the idea is you grow a team of other Salesforce that essentially you get some of the profits from their selling. So you, you encourage them and bring in more sales people. They sell it to their warm market. And um, that's where like the network marketing, because the money flows upwards to the, the leaders of the people that bring, mm-hmm. uh, bring on more Salesforce. Uh, so I think the biggest discomfort for me is like, it's, it's the follow-up, it's the harassment. You feel like it's your friends. And I mean, you're just, you're constantly, you feel like you're bugging the people that matter to you. You know, they said they were interested in buying it, um, but they didn't actually buy it. And they said they would call you back and they didn't. And so then you just feel like you either call them again and keep pestering them, or you just have a little less respect for them as a friend. And it it just, it's a, it's a terrible environment for me. And some people I think handle it well, and certainly people make a lot of money in MLMs at times, but uh, it just wasn't for me. It's just hard. Yeah. And then, so Amazon, obviously when you build your business, is anybody getting commission? Are you bugging anybody to build a Salesforce or anything like that? Zero, zero of that. Thank goodness. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. Amazon is legit. I mean, it's your brand, it's your products that when you sell something, it's, if you lose money, you lose money, your money. If you make money, you make money. It's, it's all yours. You have full responsibility of it. You can sell it, which is, I think the main difference that really caught my attention with my conversation, with my buddy over Christmas break, he's like, you can grow this thing to $20,000 a month if you want and have a huge team and be successful. But if they change the rules, your income can go away. If you want to cash out, you can't, you don't own the business. Like that's all you have. So you were like, I'm stuck working in this, even if you didn't want to, where Amazon is, you know, I think the big uh, ending to a lot of people's stories and, and mine included is I would like to sell the business at some point. And, and that's where you can get life changing money. And, um, yeah, I think that's the main difference. Like you own this thing and you can you can cash out when you want to. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, and I just wanted to pick up on the fact that you learned through podcasts, which is quite interesting. Um, obviously, people <laughs> are listening to this right now. This is a podcast. So what advice would you give to someone if that's, if that's what they're doing, you know, just kind of soaking up some of the information and how long did you listen? You know, what got you interested and how did you kind of start listening to podcasts? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I think, I don't, I don't know if there was a specific trigger, but I was just hungry for that information. And um, I, uh, I didn't know where to find it. And people were giving really good information on podcasts. And uh, I think uh, it was a good way to stay up to date on the most recent things too, where, you know, books and, and trainings, a lot of times they just fall out of, um, fall out of touch. You know, technology changes so fast and Amazon changes even faster. Like uh, being able to, here's something that was just produced, you know, a few days ago or a week ago or something like that's how you get good information quickly. So, um, yeah, that's, that was the main reason why I did it. And, uh, certainly it worked well. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point actually about it being up to date. Um, because as you said, it does change quickly and, and there's nothing to be afraid of with that either. Right. Because with every change comes an opportunity. So as long as you're, you know, you're ahead of the game, you can, you know, what's going on, you know, nothing's going to bite you on the bum. But also, you know, you can take advantage of new things that are, that are coming out into the market as well. So what, it's great, you know, you've had a great journey. You've been doing this, what, five years, four and a half years now. Um, you've built a great business. What hurdles did you personally face and how did you actually, you know, begin to overcome them? Did you have any kind of big roadblocks in your way? And how did you kind of smash through that? Yeah, it's a... Uh... I'm sure there's a bunch, you know, for sure. And I think it's the journey is what's fun about it in my opinion. And it's, uh, 
you know, starting with one product and then, you know, feeling the hurdles of just understanding how the market works and, you know, how do you, how do you buy in China and how do you bring it here? All this stuff. There's all those little hurdles. Um, but then as you grow and then you're like, Oh, now I have to manage inventory for 15 products. Like I can't do this manually anymore. Now I have to understand either software or learn Excel skills or, or things like that to start forecasting. And then you start selling it on other channels in Amazon Europe and uh, wholesale orders. And like, now how the hell do I forecast this stuff? You know, it's, it, it just becomes more complex and it turns into this whole beast that um, you have to always be learning and be willing to, to try new things. And um, those just hurdles just keep coming. And I think that's, what's fun about it. You know, when I look at the days that I come to the office and I, I feel like I had a good day, it's when like I learned a new skill or I completed a new, you know, Excel tool or something like that, you know? And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's just really cool about it. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff. I mean, one of the, the scariest Roblox, I have a, a second brand as well. And uh, was, I had a trademark violation that I literally had a, a cease and desist and they threatened the suit and all this stuff for um, infringing on a trademark. And it, uh, it wasn't even an exact trademark. One word was part of, uh, of the trademark violation. And we had, I don't know, thirty thousand dollars of inventory, and essentially they said like stop all sales immediately. And we contacted our attorney, and um, the attorney's like, "Yeah, don't poke the bear, just like burn your inventory and walk away." And I'm like, "Listen, I'm like, I got, I got a family. I can't burn thirty thousand of inventory. Like, it, I don't know what to do." And um, essentially, like the attorney stood by that. So I reached out to a second attorney. And he's like, "Listen, you just, you're just a guy. Like, didn't, didn't mean to do it. Like, it's you're clearly not even selling the same product." Like, one was a studio, one was um, a physical product. The logos weren't the same. Like, if you just reach out to them as a human and say, like, can you give us a few months to, you know, liquidate inventory, and then we'll we'll, we'll stop. Um, so, had the attorney draft up that normal letter, just saying we're humans, and they were great about it. They said, yeah, okay, by you know January one, uh, if it was 2017 at the time, whatever, uh, you need to stop using the mark. Hmm. But, I mean, you're talking. Six thousand dollars in legal expenses on top of potentially losing thirty thousand dollars, which is a lot of money and was a ton of money to me at the time. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, all those things are like, oh, this is like, this is real life. This is business. Like, <laughs> this is not. This is not a game. You know, it um, just opens your eyes to all kinds of different. <laughs> yeah. No. That that's it's a good point because also being strong against someone else because at the end of the day. I think a lot of people can feel intimidated by that, right? It's like, oh my God, I, I didn't mean to do it. But um, I've got a, I've got a, like you said, your first attorney clearly just was like, whatever, you don't, you know, you don't even want to deal with this, like get rid of it. But of course it's, it's all cash. It, a similar thing happened to me as well. We went through a similar process um, where we ended up negotiating with the infringer. I don't know, infringer, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah the person who had the patent. Um, and, you know, we managed, we managed to be able to sell through all inventory at a profit and we give them a timeline and this is when we're going to do it and we're going to change the product at the end of it. And, and you found the same situation. So I think always never feel like you're in, you, there's no solution. And the only solution is to get out of it and, and stop the business, right? Because I think that's where people, a lot of people, any legal niggles, you know, we, we get scared, especially if you've never been through it before. But at the end of the day, it's just someone trying to protect what they've got. And they're reasonable, pe- usually reasonable people, and you'd be able to kind of navigate through it. Right. Um, so I love what you said there totally. about it being like a 
real it's the real time right it's the real business it's, <laughs> it it's you know you're not just making some money on the side and it's yeah. your livelihood right and one thing yeah. you kind of brought up as well is uh you know people will see like screenshots of sales and stuff like that and they're like oh i want to get to three hundred thousand dollars a month in sales but as you said as you grow there the problems change to morph into something new so that i like when people explain you know it's not just Oh, you go out there, you can make $300,000 sitting on your couch and, and you know, in ordering some inventory from China and writing up some listings on Amazon. It's like, now you have to track the inventory and I have to manage like a, a team of, of, of virtual assistants or sourcing agents or whatever to get all this stuff done. And some people, they, they see that and they go, well, I don't want to trade my current job for a full-time business owner role. And you don't have to do that. It's just, that's if, if, if that's what they're aspiring to do. That's the kind of, uh, you know, hard work that you have to put into it. Right. Yeah, you're 100% right. And yeah, and that's, you know, we were talking about hurdles to get through uh, each, each stepping stone. And, and I'm, I'm there right now where it's like, all right, now it's not about, you know, just a product. It's, it's about a team. It's a culture now. And all of a sudden, it's uh, the role changes. And um, I hired my first local employee um, five months ago or so. And I was so hesitant. And I thought, I'm like, this is going to just destroy my freedom. Now I have someone that's going to report to me and he's going to be in the office. And like, if I come in late, he's going to judge me or like all these like <laughs> weird fe- fears. Yeah, so many questions are so needy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, all those fears were like, you literally went to my head and yeah. um, it's the best thing I've done is bringing him here. And, and he's to have somebody that like really understands the operations and can, could be there to train side by side with me. Uh, all it's done is give me a ton more freedom than, than, uh, than not. So, um, but I'm aware of, of having someone here that's, uh, you know, listening, listening to me and watching my actions. And, um, you know, I think that's really important to, as you grow and become a leader and, uh, you know, all those things. And we have a team of seven people total. Most of them are in the Philippines or Venezuela, uh, but two people in the U S one's in Montana and one is one's here locally. Um, but yeah, all those, you know, now it's about managing teams and Trello and click up and, uh, you know, having conference calls that are on time and scheduled and organized. Like, yeah, there's, it makes you accountable too, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I don't mean to say that to to, to scare anybody to, to jump into a business like this. It's just, you don't have to go to this level if you don't want to. You can you can do it as one person and uh, a VA in the Philippines and be as flexible as you want. Uh, it just all depends on your goals. Mm-hmm. Maybe just talk through your journey in terms of how you started to scale that up. So um, you mentioned there that you've got quite a few team members, some remotely, and now you've got someone locally. You know, how did that timeline go for you um, in terms of also how the how the business growth went as well? Yeah, um, it was it was thoughtful and, and slow. You know, I started with my my first VA was just for customer service. And that was probably two and a half years ago. And some of that could just reply to the emails and the random phone calls that we would get and, and just deal with that side. And then, you know, slowly picked up some some of the projects with you know, email marketing and stuff like that as we, we started to go. And then I just needed someone that could essentially be a product launch guy. And I brought on a second VA that understood Minichat really well and understood our products and you know, how we would do rebates and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, essentially trained him on that and he, he ran with that. And he also does a lot of reporting for me. So KPIs and he's like that to, to email to me. Um, and then PPCs, spend keep going up and I'm like, I really need someone that can help be in there with me to monitor at least the systemized things. Um, 
So we switched everything. We use bulk files now, and we have a whole system in place for optimizing PPC with that. And essentially, talk talk this guy. He's in Venezuela. Um, the whole system, and it's not just Amazon US anymore. It's all the Europe countries that need optimization. So it it just became a lot. So uh, I brought him on for for that role. Um, and then as uh, we started a wholesale program about a year ago, and as that became a big need, we needed someone that could organize and manage that. Um, so she's in Bozeman, Montana. So she essentially fosters all that and also does some of our, our branding stuff. And social media is also a, a big, big thing for us. I mean, we, we generally are trying to grow a real brand that connects with an audience and you know, people with pets. We want them to feel like they're connected with us in a, in a special way. Um, you know, so we have a photographer on, uh, on retainer and they do shoots uh, monthly or a couple times a month to just get great dog shots and pet shots and all that stuff. And then we have a guy that does the social media posts and the Instagram stories and all that stuff as, as well. So awesome. it's very, I mean, it wasn't just like throwing everything all at once. It's like, all right, what's, what's the hurdle? I start to do it, figure out the system, hand it off. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause it's got, and that's, um, that's awesome to hear for a lot of people because I think there's a lot of information out there of how you can grow a business, also an Amazon business. Um, and so therefore people sometimes feel that they need to do it all at once. And I think hearing you over the last, what, four or five years, you've implemented something, you've made sure that it works first, and then you've got someone in to help you actually scale that versus going, I need to do Messenger, I need to do <laughs> Instagram, and you know, I need to do all these things all at once. So, so that's, really, that's really cool to hear. And you're not doing, you're not doing all social platforms, right? You're probably just focusing on, on a couple of things and, and testing them out and then, then growing from there um, yeah, in sure. line with how you've grown the business. So maybe you can just give people an idea of the growth of the business in, in the last few years, you know, you know, what percentage growth have you seen in the last kind of few years to give people an example of how you can get to your level? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think it's, it's gotta be pretty close to the business doubling every year. Um, you know, I, I wish I could remember back to the first year and, and second year. It'd be fun to actually go back down memory lane and, and see what it was like. But um, our our last 30 days on Amazon.com is around 340,000. Um, we also do about 70 or 80,000 off off Amazon. Um, so compare that to last year, it's probably an 80% increase from last year. And yeah, and probably similar to you know, growth on that. And I mean, our 80, 20 is we just, we, we try to do really good product research and just launch new products. And we probably launched 15, 12 to 15 products last year. And we plan to do that again this year. And, um, I think that's the way you move the needle the best. And we've also spent a ton of time understanding and, uh, for lack of a better word, mastering PPC and understanding headline search ads and getting our ads to be everywhere and then optimizing them to not bleed too much money. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. so, uh, <laughs> And of course, like those numbers are, are what they are, but you know, that, that I wouldn't recommend anybody just look at top line revenue. That's what I just said. There was top line revenue. It's all about, are you managing your expenses and is this a profitable business? And uh, if you're not tracking that, then, then you're in big trouble. Yeah. 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 And obviously uh, people are going to listen to this and be like, Oh, well, Corey, you got a doctorate. You're so, you, you must be like super smart and like that <laughs> stuff. And how much of that actually applies? And 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 uh, question we like to ask people is, you know, it, it does take a certain set of skills and it's not stuff that you like 
are born with or not, it's like you work on these things to make them work to, you know, benefit yourself and your business. But what do you think was like your unique skill or skills that kind of helped you get to where you are? Yeah, I, uh, I have a hard time like pinpointing that. I mean, it's, it seems cliche, but it's, I just, I, I wouldn't, if something seems hard, I wouldn't just stop because it seems hard. Like I would try to figure it out and I would keep trying to figure it out or I would reach out to somebody that might know the answer. That doesn't feel, it doesn't feel hard to me. Like I just want, I want to figure it out as a challenge to myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, if that's perseverance or whatever cliche word you want to throw on there, I think that's what, what I have is that I'm not willing to, to give up. And uh, I'm also very in tune with reverse engineering goals, I think. And you guys were a big help with that, and especially getting, a, I guess, my foot in the door, understanding what does it mean to set a, a really good goal and then chunk it down from there. Most recently, I, I just finished the book Traction and have implemented that for our system. That's very similar to a lot of the philosophies you guys have. It's you know, essentially goes from 10 years to five years or five, 10 years, three years, one year, and then 90 day rocks, they call it. But um, very similar. You guys are very similar. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. It took me a long time because it's so needy and like you have to implement it as you read it. And, um, but uh, man, I, the biggest thing for me is our, our level 10 meetings, which is part of the traction book. Our, our meetings are so much more productive now. And before it was just me just randomly scribbling an agenda and then me going on tangents and talking. And now it's like, Oh, we're actually dealing with this stuff now. This is cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So you guys have L10s and everything then? We do. Yep. We do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Had it yesterday, every Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. That just takes me right back to my corporate days because we do the same thing as well. But we, um, in our business, as, as in Isaac and myself, but we also, um, I used to do that all the time, right? It just w- wasn't called that. <laughs> it was <just> called, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Work in progress. Um, no, that's, that's, no, that's cool. I, and I think it, it's a great resource. We should put that in the show notes as well for people at the bottom, because if you haven't had that discipline, you haven't come through that process, just being able to write a, a goal, being able to chunk that down and being able to work on what the core things are in those next 90 days um, that are going to help you achieve the major goals. That's the key aspect that we really want people to, to grasp as well, because yeah. it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter of the latest, ni- nicest, coolest, shiny object at the end of the day, if it's not going to actually help you hit the goal, there's no point in even going there. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think without it, it's, it's hard to know what to do. You know, if you don't have, I say, Oh, I, I want to increase sales by hundred percent this year. Well, what is that number and how do I get there? And do I launch one product a month or I want to launch more? Like you have to figure out what that is and then how much revenue can a product bring, what sales price. And like, once you get in tune of making those, uh, I guess, thinking that way. Um, yeah. It, it just like, Oh, well I just have to do that <laughs> and then we'll get there. You know? Yeah. Obviously it's not a smooth transition, but you get it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I actually was going to say the, uh, the traction book is quite dense. It's almost like a textbook. There's kind of like a, an abridged version uh, that they wrote called What the Heck is ELS that I prefer. It's much more enjoyable to read and a lot shorter, but it can be implemented from the exact same system can be implemented from that as well. So we'll put nice. the notes to both of those books or the links to both of those books in the show notes. But uh, yeah. Very cool. Awesome. And yeah, so is there, can you think of any one thing or maybe a couple of things that helped you kind of, you know, sometimes we have those light bulb moments where we go, ah, this is, this is what I'm doing this for. This is what I'm supposed to be doing in my business to kind of, you mentioned a lot about systems and processes and just really focusing in on 
product selection, launching products, and then using the tools on Amazon. But sometimes we can get overwhelmed before we actually understand that that's literally all we need to do, right? So is there, is there kind of one kind of moment or one thing that helped you go, oh, this is the way that I'm going to grow the business? I don't know if there uh, there'll be one major one, but there are definitely points in you know launching products. I mentioned is is has always been kind of the obvious thing to me to say. Well, if, if we can, it's just as easy to launch a different product if we feel like the one that we have, the ones we have are are converting well and they are optimized to the point where we think they are. Like, how else are we gonna go there? You know, we can open up a new channel, but there's not really many channels like Amazon.com. You know, so it's it's taking advantage of the opportunity that's here and, and just knowing what our audience is and how we can connect with them and then launching something else that that, that person might, might also want. So that's, that's there. Uh, I think understanding keywords and search terms is, uh, was a big light bulb moment for me and really saying, okay, well, how can we find out what customers are looking for and how do we find out if those search terms are relevant to someone that would buy my product? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Helium 10 is a great tool. I'm sure most most people that are listening know that that tool, but you can use Cerebro and find out um, you know the relevancy based on how many of the you know top eight competitors are are ranking for that keyword. And if they're selling well, you can assume that that's a very relevant search term for you. So that's where you can spend a lot of your you know, PPC dollars, or if you're going to try to rank with a a giveaway campaign or something, go after those. And um, being able to understand how to find that data and how to use it. Uh, is I think a huge part of what, what makes us successful, you know, and we do that to this day. Like we, we still go back and look at old products and see if there's anything we're missing there. And is, are there any other keywords we should be looking at? Um, but that's, that's what we do to, for every new product is, is really target that. Awesome. So sounds like you spend a lot of time up front on the, getting the right product. So it's obviously going to make you the money that you want it to make. Mm-hmm. And then when you're launching the product is, really never giving up on new ways to be able to find relevant keywords, which are essentially or search terms, the essentially the customer is going to type in, right? That is going to show your product and then be able to buy the product. And that circle of life, if you like on Amazon <laughs> yeah. and just getting that right. Um, it sounds like if you just concentrated on those couple of things, then you get, you master those skills, right? As opposed to then, feeling like you need to do lots of other different things. You can do things to enhance, but if you just do those things from, it seems like from your journey that that is what's really helped you to not only build a great business, but also build a profitable one as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's a big part of it. And I don't mean to minimize the importance of conversion making sure your listing is optimized and you have uh, you know, great pictures and a great listing. That's a big part of what we do as well. But um, you know, I think that's seems to be, pretty obvious to a lot of people, but I think there's more to it than some people think. And you know, lifestyle images are, are hard to get good. I think sometimes, and a lot of people are just okay with you know, 3d renders or, you know, just uh, a manipulated image that we found in Photoshop and I just throw a product that looks very fake. Um, if you're willing to just go the extra hour to find a good photographer and, and make it happen and spend a little bit more upfront, it's totally worth it. you're going to get, you're going to get it in return on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously that's some good advice for people that are currently selling and that's going to help them grow their businesses in ways that, you know, they, they might not have thought about before, but 
Thinking back all the way to when you first started, what kind of advice would you give to anybody who's listening to this that may be wanting to start their journey on Amazon, but they don't know exactly what to do or, you know, maybe they're afraid to even get started because you have to put up your own money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to be cliche, I would say work with Kirsty and Isaac. That would, that would be my first <laughs> advice. <laughs> uh, nice plug, but that, I do mean that genuinely. I mean, I went through uh, the work with you guys and it's helped me trem- uh, tremendously. So uh, I would certainly say that. But I think it's funny. I just had a, a good friend of mine who he, uh, I talked to him about starting Amazon five years ago and we were, we were both like kind of looking at Alibaba at the same time and he just decided it wasn't for him and, and I did. And fast forward five years, it's like, CC is what, what, what it's done for us, uh, us meaning my, my wife and I. Um, and he had tried, uh, I don't even know, it was like a marketing um, a marketing thing where essentially he was going to be an influencer on social media. And they, there was a marketing program, I can't remember what it's called. It was like teaches you how to be an influencer. And he was putting uh, Facebook videos up and things like that. Did that for about a year. And he was like, yeah, I lost like you know, six or seven grand on Facebook ads trying to, trying to do this. So I think I want to try Amazon. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yes please let's try Amazon. Like, I, I think that is a great idea. Uh, and I still mean that it's, it's harder now, but it's, there's def, definitely meat on the bone still. And there is a lot of opportunity out there. Um, it's not as, not as cheap as it used to be. Uh, so be aware of that. But um, I think just take action and, and not be so scared of making the perfect product choice. Just make sure that the numbers make sense and there's a market there and you have a, a plan in place to launch the product and get reviews um, that's the game. Yeah. It's not just a guessing game, right? You have to actually put in some research and, and put the numbers into a spreadsheet and figure out all your profits and all yes. that stuff, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> it, calculate it all. Understand the shipping costs. If there's, you know, if there's taxes and tariffs and whatever you need to know, like do your due diligence up front, make sure the numbers make sense. But if they, if you can get the product that makes sense and you can differentiate it enough that, uh, it's, it's a good opportunity. Yeah. Just do it. Excellent. Awesome. And you've given us an idea of, you know, the your growth rates in the business and just focusing in on those core things. So obviously it sounds like it's going really well for you. And then you also mentioned that maybe you're thinking about selling in the future. So when do you think is a, is a good idea for people to actually start to think about that? And also, obviously everybody's got their own personal journey about what chips they want to take off the table. But what, what do you reckon you do after that as well? You know, so when are you thinking about selling and what, what, what does life like look for you? Yeah. I'll say that again. What does life look like for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah, you know, it, I I honestly don't don't think I have a, an intelligent answer for that. It's it's uh, I, I go back and forth where I almost like my brain doesn't work that way to think what's next. It's like I just need to focus on how I'm going to do what I'm doing now to get to my goal, and then I'll figure it out after. And I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know what I, I you know I love I love craft beer. I love exercise and fitness. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what, what happens if I, I get to that point where it's like, I have, um, the long-term flexibility, freedom, money. And, um, I, I can be candid. My, my goal is to get the business to 10 over 10, 10.5 million is the number I need, which I think would result in a sale of around 6.5 million. Um, then after long-term capital gains and such, it should, if I invest it, conservatively, it should give my family $20,000 a month to live on. That's my goal. I can have $20,000 a month to live on. It's more than I need. It's, uh, it's going to allow us to travel. It's going to allow us to have a nice house, nice cars. Um, and drink a lot of craft beer. 
drink a lot of craft beer <laughs> with, with Isaac and Kirsty, of course. And, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, that's the goal. And that's, uh, you know, reverse engineer from all that to, to figure out $20,000 is the number. And it, I didn't just pick that arbitrarily. Like it's, I would like to pay for my kids college. I would like to travel. I'd like to pay for my health insurance. Like it's all figured out that $20,000 is the number that uh, would give us the life that I see for my family. Awesome. Uh, so the, the issue I have to go back to the question is, do I need to do that with one business? Do I need to go all in one shop? Mm. And I don't know the answer to that. Like for me, it, it, it just makes sense to, to go that way. So I'm, everything is worked around. Okay. The next three years, if I want to get there, how many products I need to launch and what do I need to do over the next 90 days to get to the one year to get to the second year, to get to the third year. And then in, in three years, we should be there. Um, so that's how my brain works. And that's, that's how I'm operating. But who knows if something changed in 18 months and there was an opportunity to sell, or I felt like there was a reason to sell early and mm. get half of that goal now or whatever it is, like, that's okay too. And then I'll do something else and try to get there on second or third swing, you know? So, yeah, um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? I, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's your, it's your answer. I mean, I, what I'm picking up there is from your perspective, it's, you know, be focused on the, the immediate goals that you want to hit right now and then have the longer term in mind. But, you know, if anything changes on this journey, then you would essentially figure that out as it, as it comes along and then move on to the next thing. I mean, it reminds me of um, uh, something that uh, an old kind of leader, leadership guy, I would call him, uh, it's basically mm-hmm. back in my corporate days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he nearly hit the big time. It was, you know, it was like head of, you know, a lot of things, let's say. And someone asked him, you know, how did you create your journey? How did you, you know, go from one job to the next, you know, on your, on your career ladder? And he just basically said, well, I just moved when it stopped being fun. So I was yeah. like, I love that. Yeah. That's because, brilliant. You know, he's like, I yeah. wasn't looking for the next market, you know, the directorship or the VP of whatever. It was like, I just naturally moved when what I was doing right now wasn't fun anymore. And I saw something over there that looked funner. So that's <laughs> kind of how I went about it. And yeah. from what you're saying is it's, it's probably the way that you're going. It's like at the end of the day, some, sometimes it, you know, once you're into it and you love it and you and it's fun, then you want to keep moving with it. But if it doesn't become that anymore, then you move on to something else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And for now it's, it's fun and I'm, I'm enjoying it and certainly appreciate everything that's given me from a flexibility standpoint and financial standpoint. So it makes sense to just, just keep doing what we're doing. And I mean, the plan is to, to just work with it and continue to grow up for three years. But again, if, like you said, if something, something came up, I would, um, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, doing it in a, some chunks or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So maybe uh, if you're looking for an awesome Amazon business, con- contact Corey in a couple of years and <laughs> he's going to be, <laughs> right. uh, if you've got 10, what was it? Six and a half million? Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Contact me tomorrow if you want. Yeah. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Perfect. All right. So yeah, that's great, Corey. So yeah, obviously, uh, you know, make six, six, seven million dollars, walk away, drink a bunch of craft beer, do some exercise, and hang out <laughs> on the beach every once in a while. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, was there any kind of like resources, or you know, obviously you've talked about helium ten, you've talked about you know traction and and uh, you know the, the the books of managing people, but was there any like you know I, I know you've you talked about planning and and that kind of stuff, but was there anything that like kind of sparked uh, a completely new way of thinking for your business when it was like a resource or a spreadsheet or something that you did that basically got you to the next level in your business? 
I don't, I don't think so as far as a software or a resource on, on that aspect, but I, I would say, um, I, I have, uh, it was, it was actually, it was called a 10,000, $10,000 a, a month club. And we just started, it was, there's 10 of us in a Facebook group. Um, it's probably been three and a half years, four years, four years, probably. Um, and just having a network of people that were on the journey with you, um, you know, some of them fell off, but there's still a handful of us that are, are doing super well. And, uh, two or three of them are businesses <laughs> much bigger than mine. And, and I think that's a big part of it is, is having someone that's on the journey with you in a similar place that can uh, provide you some answers or even just be there to, to vent through and talk through some solutions. That's huge. And, um, being a part of any organization, if it's you know, being in some of the Facebook groups that you guys have, just having a network of people to post questions on and things like that are, are really helpful. As of late, the biggest thing that's made, made the difference for me is, is essentially understanding the Helium 10 data to find out how to find good search terms and, and keywords and, and how to understand relevancy to those search terms. And I think that's, that's really helped me feel super confident with my launches and, and, and my PVC strategies and things like that. Um, but also I think understanding, um, once you understand what branding really is and what it looks like on, on a listing, um, putting together, you know, people think it's just a logo, but it's, it's a, it's a font, it's a color package, it's a feel, it's, it's, um, a warm smile on a girl's face with their dog. Like it's, it's much more than that, you know, than, uh, and I think putting all that together, uh, really was like an aha moment where I'm like, okay, I think I really get this. And working so let's just keep rinse and repeat yeah that's a good point obviously you know when you're working in a business especially if you're doing it from home like a home-based business it gets pretty lonely you don't have anybody to talk to it's not like you can turn to your wife and be like hey here's the challenges i'm having with my business she's like i guess you'll figure it out that's all i can say (laughs) (laughs) you got this but yeah it's like when you can actually join forces with some people who kind of you know maybe they've got past that struggle and you've got past other struggles that they have and it's like you know, leveraging the power of multiple minds is a massive resource. I think that a lot of people don't take advantage of. They try to do it themselves. They get stuck in a rut. They start spinning around the answer in their own head and they don't move forward and they quit. And that's, yeah. that's the reality of it for a lot of people, unfortunately. Yep. A perfect example of that is, is launching in Amazon Europe. You guys were huge on that where try to, try to figure out launching in Amazon Europe without having a resource or someone to talk to you about that's done it. It's, it's super scary. It's super confusing. Uh, yeah, it, I think it would be impossible to do it by yourself without making a mistake somewhere. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. just spending just too much dollars here for here or there for just like absolutely no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> and having somebody or some multiple people that have done it before and just be like, yeah, I'd reach out to this person, and you need an EORI number and uh, that number, and then do this, this, and that, and don't join this program. Like, just so helpful to have mm-hmm. that resource. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you just before you go, have you got any quick tips? Because you've mentioned it a few times about the search terms and the keywords. Is there anything quickly you could share with people that are listening to what's that process? What does it look like? If it's massive, obviously, <laughs> we haven't yeah. got like, you know, another hour to go through it. Have you got any kind of quick tips to kind of get people pointed in the right direction? Yeah. So um, in a nutshell, what I essentially do is I find the eight bestsellers for what I think is my C keyword, right? Uh, so whatever I think that main keyword is, I'll, I'll search it and find out who the best eight sellers are for that, that product or that keyword. And uh, 
once you have that, then you can I use Jungle Scout as well to pull the actual data as far as how much how much revenue they're doing. They're doing. And then um, that gives you an idea of who the, the big sellers are, right? And then putting those ASINs into Helium 10 and essentially you get this huge Excel file. And what you can do is just sort them with an Excel program that say like, which, which search terms do all eight of those people rank for? And you'll probably get like eight to 10. And if all eight of those best sellers are ranking for those eight to 10 search terms, those are, those are your like gold mine. Those are your relevant ones. And what I typically do is I'll filter them only by search term search volumes that have uh, over 300 searches a month or, and then I'll do a second one that has 200 searches a month. So they'll pick up some more long, long tail keywords versus the bigger ones that are 300 or more. And then you can just go from there, like of the eight ASINs you put in, you have the eight that are like the gold ones of all eight of them. Right? They're great. And you do seven of the eight, six of the eight, five of the eight. Anything that has less than three of the eight uh, ASINs at rank for them, um, probably not super relevant. You could still go for, go through them and, and look at them and just say some of those might be you know, good gap keywords or um, really long tail keywords. But um, yeah, that's, that's the process we go through. And essentially, we'll test on a new product. We'll test... Anyone, any, any of those keywords that have eight, um, that scored an eight, so all eight of them were ranked for them, and we'll put them in their own campaign, and uh, we'll do an exact uh, phrase in abroad, and just let them kind of do its thing and see what what kind of comes out, and then we'll look at the search term reports and, and pull some of the the good converting ones with low A costs or whatnot, and pull them into their own campaign, and uh, it gets to be pretty detailed from there. Where I think at this point we have like twelve or thirteen hundred campaigns going it's just it's impossible to do it manually at this point where it has yeah. to be both files and uh, i can get uh pretty detailed from there but yeah that's the that's the process is understanding just the relevancy of what are what are they ranking for and if you know if all all or most of them are ranking for a keyword then that's, that's a good one to go after it's obviously relevant yeah, i think that's a great tip i mean finding your relevant key terms your search terms for your keywords it's, it seems like it's brain surgery to a lot of people. They just don't get it. They're like, well, what, what's my main keyword? Well, what's the product call? I mean, you can find your main keywords <laughs> a few different ways, but to find the main selling keyword is, I think, what people struggle with and um, they don't really know. So they try to go for a really long tail, which means like, you know, they'll put like, so for instead of looking for garden shovel, they'll put long handled wooden garden shovel. And they're like, oh, I can get to page one real, really easily here. And I'm like, of course you can, because nobody's searching that, right? So it's like you're wasting your time on an irrelevant search term, basically. I mean, it's relevant, but there's no sales volume there. So, um, yeah, it's good to hear because that's a really good tip, especially for people who understand their, their the the process for finding relevant keywords to be able to go out there and, and scale their business using these keywords in their PPC. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's been helpful. Well, thank you very much, uh, Corey. It's been awesome having you here, hearing more of your journey. Every time we talk to you, I swear you're like doing like another $100,000 a month in sales or something. It's like... <laughs> we should talk more often then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we do want to thank you, Corey, for coming on for all the great insights and information. If you guys like what you heard today on our show, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with friends who might get value out of it as well. Also, if you're looking for some absolutely free training, head to www.goteamreal.com to see our absolutely free real Amazon seller training there. We'll see you on the next show and we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, 
head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.